John in your Bible this morning. First John, if you can, near the back of your Bible, First John. if you will. And once you've found 1 John, we're in chapter number uh, 4. And then I would like you to uh, find John's Gospel, chapter number 13. John's Gospel, chapter number 13. Find that place, if you will. John, chapter number 13. I appreciate the song Abby sung. It's a, one of my favorite songs. I enjoy it. I enjoy the message behind the song. Uh, Charles Waggle, who wrote that song, was an evangelist. And one day his wife approached him and she said, Charles, I'm tired of this life. It's either me or the ministry. I ain't doing this no more. And he told her, sweetheart, but Jesus asked me to preach and I have to do what Jesus told me to do. And so she packed her bags and she left him. He was broken hearted. Always praying for God to work on her heart and bring her home. And a few years later he received a message that his wife had passed away. Charles Waggle said he sat down at the piano. began to play on the keys and he said Jesus no one's ever cared for me like you Amen. and in 20 minutes he wrote that song <clears throat> that song has traveled the world and it's been a blessing to the people of God well see what you did Abby it's all your fault. We are in 1 John chapter number 4. On a funnier story, Charles Waggle, as an old man, was preaching for Dr. Lee Robertson, a name you might not be familiar with, but he's known in heaven. He's home with the Lord as well. Lee Robertson took Waggle in under his wings as he was an old, Waggle was an old man at the time, so he kind of took care of him and they provided for him and one day they went to his uh, hotel room and they heard him yelling in the uh, in his uh, his bedroom there and they opened the door and find this old man bouncing up and down on his bed yelling praise the Lord and they're like what are you doing he says well I'm just getting ready for heaven <laughs> gotta get excited about Jesus amen and praise the Lord all right we are in first John chapter number four the Bible says in verse number seven beloved let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not uh, knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifested the love of God towards us, because the Son of God, I'm sorry, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, who soar shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath uh, to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may, be, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. 
We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. I need a tissue by the grace of God. do something else I don't like doing either. <laughs> At work, we always had a rule with each other. After we got done blowing each other's nose or anything, anything, I don't want to walk into the customer's house and have something hanging out, amen? We should be talking like that from the pulpit, but we all, we all understand what I'm talking about, amen? <laughs> Nothing worse than staring at somebody going. <laughs> and you start, <laughs> so... That's in the scripture here. If a brother seeth that he hath, never mind, but it's in there. All right. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, bless this time, bless this hour now. We love you, we thank you for the songs, the time, the service, the children next door, those who are laboring with them here and downstairs. And now, Lord, help us to concentrate on the scriptures and learn what must be said. Learn, help us learn what is said and say only that which must be said. We love you, we pray, and thank this in Jesus' name. Amen. In this chapter, we see John talking to the church, and the subject of love comes up, and he talks about the source of love. The love of God is a, it's beyond human comprehending. But one thing is certain, that the love is the mark of a Christian. It's the greatest mark that demonstrates that you are a child of God. Now, love is not acceptance of everything and anything. Love is loving people unconditionally, and we tell them if there's something wrong or if there's sin in their life. Today we have the idea, well, love is, you know, and, we do, and everybody can do whatever they want. No. Love is, no, something's wrong, and you need to fix this in your life because this is bad for you. And, and this could, if you're not saved, you're going to hell. And if you're a Christian, you're doing that. It's bad. It's a bad testimony. It ruins the name of Christ, and you're hurting yourself, and you need to stop doing that. But love is the mark of Christianity. Now, I, had you, I want you to keep your finger here in 1 John, but go to where I also told you in John's Gospel, because the Lord Jesus Christ stresses this. And again, God is, is love. We see that there in, 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 in 1 John. God is love. The ability that we have to love and care uh, for each other is it is because God gave us that ability. It is, it is, so when we have love and we think God's love is imperfect, no, our love is imperfect. When we get mad at God because God says something's wrong and God punishes and, and God scolds, we say, oh, I thought he loved us. Well, that, no, that's perfect love. My love is not perfect. My love is developing. My love is growing friend of ours, his son got engaged yesterday. They posted pictures on the internet. They're all happy. They're engaged. They're looking forward to life together. And it's new and fresh and all exciting. And, and, and it's a wonderful time. But then when you get married, again, you grow in your love. And, and as we grow in our love, we, uh, my, you say, do you love your wife? I love my wife different than I loved her the day I proposed to her. My love is different. Not, it's, it's better. It's stronger. It's more understanding. There was more emotions and more, but now it's it's matured. And, 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 and so I do love my wife. And there's nothing wrong with those butterflies and gooey emotions. Here she comes. and uh, That's wonderful. But we, I still love my wife, but my love is, is perfected more. It's better. And uh, understanding more of her and, and the person that she is. Now, Jesus Christ is meeting with his disciples in the upper room. He's ready to leave. He's going to be crucified in a few short hours. And so he's giving them instructions. I have several books in my office written by preachers, and they're, all these preachers were basically dying, and they wrote books basically sharing on information. This is what you ought to know. This is what I learned in the ministry. And this is how you ought to... And they're, they're very good books. And, and it's, it's good to share things that you have learned, that you know in life that can benefit somebody else, because you always know something that somebody else doesn't. So Jesus is sharing with his disciples. He's giving them last-minute instructions. He says in verse number 34 of chapter number 13, A new commandment I give unto you, 
that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, by this, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. That's very plain and clear. How do, how do the world know that we're Christians? Because we genuinely love one another. You go to that church, yeah, yeah, I get filled with a bunch of idiots and I can't stand anybody in that church. Really? You're not demonstrating Christ. Now, my church, we have a lot of wonderful people. They got, they, everybody's got issues, including me. But we, we, we all, we love each other. We're trying to help each other. We're trying to encourage each other through our flaws and failures and trying to and push each other to strive to, be, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He continues this in chapter number 15, encouraging his disciples. And my friend, we are his disciples as well if we follow him. He says in verse number 8 of, of John 15, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so that ye be my disciples. As, my, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as my, even I have kept my Father's commandment, and abide in his love. And so again, this idea of love, we, we're abiding in that love. We, we stay within the safety and, and confines of that love. In John, we saw that it says perfect love does what? It casts out what? Fear. When Adam and Eve sinned, they hid themselves from the voice of God. Why? Because they were what? Afraid. It's interesting. Who was seeking for them, though? God. God and his love was looking for them. But they were afraid of love because they, weren't, they didn't abide in that love. Sin separates us from that love, that peace that we can have when we walk with the Lord. He continues in verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that, we, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, he's stressing that again. If God says something once, it's important. But if he says it twice, we ought to really sit up and pay attention. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that soever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it. This thing I command you, that ye love one another. And if the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, that therefore the world hateth you. And so there's a lot to unpack, and we're not going to unpack all, but we just want to stress the idea. So three times Jesus stresses the idea that you, you guys are to love one another. You're to love one another. You're to love one another. Because up to this point in this three-year relationship, they've been fighting, bickering, and, and arguing with each other. Who's going to be the greatest? This guy. And, and he says, you've got to stop. You've got to stop that. If, you, if you're going to accomplish anything... If you're going to do anything in my name, love is the key. Love is what ought to be coming out of you and demonstrating that love to people and caring for people and reaching other people. Look, if you will, at Mark's Gospel, chapter number 12. Mark's Gospel, chapter number 12. I didn't turn, turn here, but it's just back a few pages. Very familiar portion of Scripture. You know this verse. We've heard it a thousand times if you grew up in, in church. In Mark, chapter number 12. And all throughout the ministry of our Lord, he stresses this idea of love. How do we see Christ acting with people? How do we see him dealing with people? Everything is always out of love and compassion and helping people. The only time we see him ever uh, getting rough is with the Pharisees and, and, and the Sadducees and dealing with that crowd. But everybody else, he's always had compassion because God is a God of compassion. If you want to see God, you look at Jesus Christ because Jesus said if you, if, when you see the May you see the Father. And I and the Father are one. It's God. God loves people. God loves this creation. It, it breaks his heart 
for what's going on in this world right now. He, God did not want men to sin. God wants men to love him. But in spite of that, God is redeeming people and saving people. He says in verse 29 of chapter 12, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. My friend, we worry about keeping commandments. Now, what can I do this? Am I do that? Well, first of all, keep the first two. I'm to love God with all my heart. If I love God with all my heart, Everything else will fall into place. I'm to love God more than I love my wife. I'm to love God more than I love my children. Jesus, and, and really in Scripture, it's, it, we see this played out that my love for, for God ought to be so great that all other affections ought to look like hate or non-caring because my love for God is so great. The kind of love that Charles Wagle, that he said, you know what, sweetheart, if you're going to leave, I, I don't want you, but you, I, I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. And it, and it broke his heart, but he loved God more than he loved his wife and wouldn't give up Christ for that. And thank God because that man, you, most the world's never heard of Charles Wagle, but God used him. He went up and down this country preaching the gospel and thousands came to faith and, and millions more have sung his song because he loved God. How that song has blessed the church. So we see this idea of love played out in Scripture. So we go back to 1 John where John who experienced this love and John, who was one of those disciples who sat in that room, who heard that, that message from him, who laid his head upon the breast of the Savior and listened to him speak those words, is now encouraging the church in their walk and, and how we can know that they're Christians. And again, this is a time of great persecution. The, Nero was a psycho, and Nero is killing Christians, and they're being slaughtered wholesale. Can you imagine your family being violated and, and taken into, into prison and then you, you're, you're crucified? And, and, and along the lines to Rome, there's people lined up by the hundreds crucified and then they douse them with oil and then they set them on fire. So at night, the, the road to Rome is lit up with burning Christians. Why, why were they crucified? What, what's the, what did they do wrong? Well, they, they followed the commandment, you know, love one another. That's what got them in trouble. And the world hates that. The world's love is perverse. The world's love is, 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 is wicked. But God's love is perfect, therefore the world hates the love of God. And it hates the ch children of God. So here we see again this, this, these, this message. The, the, the paradigm of love is played out for us in, in, in these verses. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Look at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love of God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. The world tries to show us what love is, but again, the, the world fails miserably. If you're old like I am, they had a TV show called The Love Boat years ago. That was more like The Lust Boat. It wasn't The Love Boat. That was just, it was perverse. You're on a, a cruise, the next thing you know, you, you, you fell in love. and that, No, it's just, it's perverse. There was a TV show, when I, again, when I was a kid, Love American Style. I don't remember really watching that show, but again, I guarantee you it was perverse based on the sensual and the physical and, and, and not on what real love is. Hollywood is, it, the entertainment industry is a, it doesn't produce what real love is. It mistakes Evil lust for love. God shows us what true love is because he loved us while we were yet sinners. That's the love of God being demonstrated. I've often used the analogy, you can fall in love with anybody. You can, a guy can walk along a, a moonlight beach with a beautiful girl and the music can be playing and the, and, 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 and this, the waves are rolling in and, and, and everything is perfect. Oh, this is so... And, 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 well, that's, you know, it, listen... Let's back up. Let's find her in the morning working in the garden where she's got nails and, 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 and she hasn't brushed her teeth and her hair is not and no makeup and, 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 and she just looks like a train wreck. Do you have the same, ah, no. It's like, oh, my soul, let me check it out. There's one over here. But let her paint and powder and walk along that moonlit beach. Next thing, you're, you, you fold it up like a cheap church chair. 
Same thing with girls. I guess it works the same way. You know, he's all good-looking. Listen, fast forward 40 years in the future when he's got a pot belly, bald head, and, 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 and can't see. Do you still go, oh, oh. No, a young girl looks at a guy like that and goes, ew, ew. Look at him. Well, somewhere along the line, when he was young and good-looking, had a full head of hair, and somebody went, wow. Again, I had a guy tell me, Pastor, I got engaged. She's perfect, Pastor. She's perfect. Really. <laughs> when I was nice, I'm like, yes, she is. That's a wonderful thing. Oh, she, everything. <laughs> I mean, the boy had it bad. She's just perfect. I'm like, listen. I said, listen. When she wakes up in the morning, she's like every other human. She has breath that'll knock a buzzard off a garbage truck. All right? she just, she's just like everybody else. All right? so she's not perfect. All right? The first year of your marriage, you wake up looking at each other going, good morning, good morning. After the first year, you're like, can you please breathe in the other direction? <laughs> please. And you have to roll. <laughs> I first got married, my wife would kiss me in the morning. Now it's like, I have to brush my teeth first. <laughs> Where is the love <laughs> demonstrated here? The love is not being manifested. But that's how it is. Do I still love my wife? Yes, bad breath and all. But she's, my wife, she doesn't have bad breath. She's perfect. And she's probably listening downstairs. But on occasion, I've been known to peel paint in my day and time. Now. God loved us while we were imperfect. While we were still doing our sinful and wretched things, God says, I love them people. I'm sure the angels in heaven went, those people? <laughs> those people. But I don't know what they're saying, but God, that's the love of God demonstrated for us. And he says in verse, these verses we just read that everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Those who demonstrate true love are those who are saved. And those who know God. Again, how, how is love demonstrated? Again, it's not by gooey emotions, but it's by caring and, and general concern and, and, and watching out and, and, and praying for each other. And, and when one messes up, we're not ready to throw them under the bus, but to, well, you know, they, they had a bad day, something happened, and well, let's find out what's going on in their life and see what's wrong and, and try to be a help and a blessing. So again, this text reflects, again, what John is trying to say that we saw in the Gospels. This is, this is a mirror of what Jesus was saying. It's, it's basically repeating the same thing. You, gotta, you guys have to love each other. You're in this church and you're going to face persecution There's, and bad things are coming. But the world will know you're Christians if you love each other. That's how they'll know you guys are different from everybody else that's out there. So here John states the positive about those who love and know God, and, and then he gives us the negative about those who do not love and, and do not know God. He says in verse 2 of chapter 4, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That's again, a, a, and verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the world. John states here that, again, as Christians, we have the spirit of God dwelling in us. And that spirit of God that dwells within us is what enables us to love people and to care for people. Again, the church of Jesus Christ is comprised of everybody and everything around the world. We all have come from different places. But what unites us is the bond in Christ. So again, we see what love does for us. He says in verse number 9, In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son of the world, that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The great demonstration of love was providing the gospel. Well, if God loves us, why do we have cancer? If God loves us, why are children dying of cancer? If God loves us, why, why, is this, why does so-and-so die and leave his wife behind? What, why? And we go on with the, 
Those are heartbreaking things. But you see, Jesus Christ took care of the greatest need, which will help us deal with all those problems, is the gospel. He saved our soul and gave us eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. Because sin is far more dangerous and, and, and worse than, than any cancer that a human being may suffer. Because sin takes us to hell. And the cancer is not a pleasant thing. But I'm saying sin is worse. And God took care of sin. His love is demonstrated in the fact that he gave us Jesus Christ. We see Christ dying on the cross, paying for our sin debt that we could not pay so that we might be saved. So that's the pardon in love. That's what love does. Listen, I love my wife. My wife has made mistakes. And because I love her, we move on in marriage. I have made my fair share of mistakes in our marriage and have said things and done things that were wrong and, 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 and hurtful. But she still loves me and cares for me and we've forgiven each other for the, 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 the things we have said or the, the foolish things we have done in our marriage to each other. Again, nothing serious or bad, just foolish, stupid things along the way. But we love each other and that love has helped us to overcome with things we have done. And by the way, you're going to get married, you're going to fall in love. Don't expect it's always like that. You're going to have these moments where one's going to storm out of the house and one's going to, you know, tell you to sleep in the, the living room and, and, and they're going to have those moments. But because we love each other, we wake up in the morning and, and, uh, and we, all right, let's deal with this. And by the way, the Bible says, let not the sun do what? Go down upon your wrath. You ought to... Try to fix that thing because you don't sleep well no. <laughs> when you're angry with your wife or she's angry with you all night long. It's a miserable night's sleep. You ought to get that thing settled in the evening. Say, sweetheart, you were wrong. Now confess it and get it straight. <laughs> That's where World War III breaks out in the World War IV. But you ought to get that thing fixed as quickly as possible. Don't let those things fester. And whatever you do, don't take them to work with you. Don't ever take them to work with you. Don't take them to school with you. Don't ever take them anywhere with you. Because, my friend, listen, you go to work and you tell some girl at work, you're my wife. There's always some, Satan always has some woman in waiting. And Satan always has some guy in waiting. Your husband doesn't understand you like I understand you. Yeah. Your wife doesn't understand you like I understand you. Yeah. And next thing you know, the idiot's going off like a lamb to the slaughter. Satan always, Satan's watching. You see, you're joking. No, that's, that's serious. That's deadly serious, right? That's what happens all the time. Satan always be, have something out there to, to tempt you, to ruin you. So again, we, we forgive. There's pardon in love. God has pardoned us. He sent Christ to be the propitiation for our sin. Again, that propitiation is a very big Bible word, but it simply means that Jesus Christ paid for our sins. They're paid for. People always argue, well, Jesus only gave a partial payment, right? No, Jesus paid the sin debt. It's all paid for. Nothing is left to pay. We went out to a restaurant one time, and a guy bought dessert for us. It's like, man, we, everybody should have got dessert at the table. Some people didn't get dessert. And, or, or I've been at a restaurant, somebody said, well, the, the, the bill's been paid for you. I think Pedro's here one time at the top. So he said, the, the pastor, somebody paid the bill for you. I was like, really? Who? I said, they said there's a secret. I said, oh, man. I wish I knew. I wish I knew earlier, I would have got a steak. But now I, I, got, I would have gone with the stinking chicken, amen? I would have got something really good. I would have been like Josh, amen? Where's Josh? <laughs> there he is back there, Jake. Josh, amen? Get a T-bone or something. <laughs> you're never going to live that down, Josh. As long as you're around this, it's going to live for you forever. <laughs> we loved it. We never mad at you, by the way. We always found that hysterically funny and had a good time with it. But we, it's been paid for. It's been paid for. Jesus paid the sin debt. He, and that's how Christ did. He paid it all. I'm going to pay for some of this. You've got to pay for the rest of it. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't do that. No, Jesus paid it all. He says there's, there's not only this a pardon, but we have this persuasion. He says in verse number 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Again, we are commanded here we're exhorted to love one another it's not hey if you get the time do this but no we ought to love one another 
And how do we prove this? Well, he says in verse number 12 that no man has seen God at any time. And if we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Repeatedly in this epistle, John helps the doubting souls and people who are struggling, tell, uh, telling them what confirms their salvation. A, a, a young Christian will often doubt their salvation. Am I really saved? Am I really saved? I, I mean, if, if I was saved, I wouldn't be having these bad thoughts. If I was really saved, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be desiring to watch these bad things. If I was really saved, I wouldn't want to... My friend... Can I help you with something? The more you try to live right, the more you're going to be bombarded with wicked thoughts. The godly you try to become, the, the worse the thoughts and the temptations are going to come because somebody is trying to get you off course. If you're never bothered by anything, then there's something wrong. But again, the closer you get to Christ, again, the, the, the more perverse, the more wicked, the more bizarre. Where in the world did that come from? Thoughts will, will crash upon you because the enemy is doing everything he can to distract you from what you, you're doing as you're striving to be like the master. So, but again, the young Christian will struggle. Am I really saved? And it's not until we rest on the finished and written word of God that we get a full assurance of our salvation. The Bible says so. You know, Jesus loves me this, I know why. <laughs> the Bible tells me so. Not grandma, not the preacher, but the Bible tells me Jesus loves me. And by the way, that song was a poem written by two sisters who had an island off of West Point who gave Sunday school lessons to West Point cadets. And she taught those West Point cadets who were going to go off to be army soldiers, Jesus loves me this, I know. And later on it was put to, put to music. And it's been sung by millions of kids in Sunday schools all around the world. Tell them, Jesus loves me, this I know. And she, then they donated their island to West Point after the death. And there are only two non-civilians buried in the West Point Cemetery, those two sisters, because of their love for Christ, their Bible studies and singing songs. And, and they're buried there along with General Custer and so many other famous American uh, soldiers and generals. So again, as Christians, the the proof of our love is in, in, in how we treat each other and our love for each other. Our love is made perfect. Notice that word perfected in verse number 12. Look, if you will, at verse number 17. Herein is our love made perfect. That word perfect appears again. And then in verse number 18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect. So here we see four times this word perfect or perfected is, is, is used. And what God is stressing for us is that we grow and we get, this, we get this down to a science. It gets perfected. Usually when I write something, I, I, I put a, the skeleton down. And then I'll go back and I'll look at it and I start adding things. Let me change this. Let me, let me reword this. And, 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 and the paragraph that was was, was, was 10 words, now has become 50 words because I've reworded it and, and I'm trying to perfect what it is I write. And then I send it off to people who know how to make it better perfecter. All right. <laughs> and Sarah as well. Sarah does a lot of proofreading around here. Send stuff off to her. If you like the newsletter, Sarah proofreads the, the, the newsletter, or not the, the, the bulletin. Brother Gerard, the doctor, he... He proofreads the newsletter. So if you find mistakes in that, only in, in the column, that's his fault. But he'll, he goes through that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, <laughs> do you say that to your wife as well? <laughs> just, just finding out here. <laughs> All right. Now, but again, Brother Gerard told me that one time him and his wife had a fight. Remember that story you told me about your wife having a fight? Which one? Uh, <laughs> it was that fight a couple years ago you had. And uh, he told me, he said, Pastor, I want you to know my wife came crawling to me on her hands and knees. I said, really? He said, yes. I'll never forget. He said she lifted up the, the sheet and said, you come out from under that bed, you coward, and fight like a man. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, he, she came crawling, amen? 
<laughs> now, <laughs> we grow. A young Christian may struggle with their Christianity, but as we grow, we, we perfect it because we're resting in Scripture. We're basing upon what the Bible says. Again, not how we feel. There are times when I don't feel saved. <laughs> There's times I don't feel like a Christian. There's times I don't feel like even serving Jesus. I'm tired, my body hurts, and I'm lazy, and I'm, I don't want to do nothing. It's cold out there. I don't want to go out. I'm the kind of person that comes home. I want to slap on some sweatpants and put my bathrobe on and sit in the chair. for the next, until it's, Is it 10 o'clock yet? Can I go to bed yet? Because and, and, it's cold out. But that's, that's where I live. But if you need me, you call me. And I'm like, do you really need me? Is, this, this, is, this, is there blood? Or does somebody need Jesus? I mean, do I really have to come there? But I'll come. I'll be there because we want to help each other. We want to be a blessing. He says, the, this, we see this profession made in verse number 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. While, we, while, the world, while the word love is not in this verse, it certainly is implied. True love will love Jesus Christ and will confess his identity and his truth. Can I tell you a sad story? We worked at a house for a lady. And I'll simply say she was a very very large lady and she wasn't married but she had a boyfriend and we would go to her house on many occasions because we did the heating and plumbing there for her and, and, and on her in her bedroom on the, the dresser was a picture of her and her boyfriend at a restaurant and they're all you know make, taking a nice romantic picture and uh, one day he got sick and he was in the hospital and she went to visit him. And when she walked in to visit him, his mother and brothers and sisters were there, and, and, uh, and, and they didn't know anything about her. He never told his family about his girlfriend. And he's laying there in the bed, and she walks in, Hi, how you doing? How's, how you feeling? What's going on? They're all like, Who's this? And she walked over to the bedside to give him a kiss, and he turned his head. She stood up and walked out and would never have anything to do with him ever again. But she kept that picture on her dresser for years to come. She said, how do you know that story? Because her mother relayed the story to me when I was working there one day and telling me about what happened to her daughter. Now, my friend, that's a sad story. He was ashamed. He was ashamed of her and didn't want his family knowing that he was dating her for whatever reason. Maybe it was because of her size or whatever, but he didn't tell anyone. So she never married. She stayed home, took care of her nieces and nephews, and was a good uh, aunt to them. And, and for the rest of her days, she kept that picture on her dresser. You see, when we love somebody, we're not ashamed to let them know. They say, where's your wife? That's my wife over there. That's my husband. Those are my children over there. That's my church over there. This is my Jesus. This is my Savior. Can I tell you about my Savior? And again, verse 15, when we see it, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is a God, God dwelleth in him. You're, you're willing to confess. Are you a Christian? Yes. You believe in Jesus? Yes. I had a girl ask me one time, Pastor, she goes, Matt, are you a Christian? Are you, you, want, are you a normal Christian? Or are, you, are you one of them born-again types? I said, well... I've never been accused of being normal, but I am one of them born-again types. Oh. Well, again, there's only one type of Christian, and that's the one that's been born again. There's no other type. You haven't been born again. You're not a child of God. You have to have this new birth experience. But I'm not ashamed to tell people of Jesus Christ. Again, Peter suffered that. Peter's, and John here, as he's writing, he's letting them know, listen, we're not ashamed to tell people we love Jesus Christ. And maybe Peter was running through his mind. Maybe not. But we're willing to confess that we know Jesus Christ. God has given us his spirit in verse number 13. We have the Holy Spirit of God to help us in our love. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. 
giving us his spirit was a result of love, for it's part of the gospel plan, which was planned and promoted by God's love. Part of the salvation is you get the Holy Spirit of God. He says that when we go back to John gospel, not only did he tell his disciples that you're going to love one another, have to love one another, but he also talks about the Holy Spirit coming and what he's going to do and how he's going to indwell you and be your teacher and be your comforter. It's all right. He's getting more attention than I am. It's, it's, it's good, though. He's better looking and more entertaining. <laughs> it's okay, Mateus. It's something about the name, amen? They just, they just, you guys have to get together and talk it out, okay? <laughs> now, we ain't too crazy around this place. I mean, we get upset about things. We have the proclamation of love. Verse 14. We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That, again, is God's love. We testify to this fact that God sent His Son. Well, how do I know God? I was talking to somebody one time. Actually, I was talking to my brother Chester years ago. We were still home. I was still single. We were still living together in the house. And, and he was struggling with a lot of things in his life. Uh, and uh, just a lot of things he was going through. And I'm, I'm trying to serve the Lord. He's my older brother, and I'm the younger brother. And, and there's always this thing when you're the younger brother, an intimidation factor because they're older, they're, they know more, they've been there. And, and so I always looked up to my brothers, but there's always, I'm the younger brother. I'm the baby brother. I have three older brothers. I'm the baby. And so there's always that intimidation factor in, in, with them and, and trying to deal with my brothers. But God, in his wisdom, uh, called me into the ministry and I'm trying to help my brothers out of a life of sin and, and what they were going through and, and one day in, in, in the bedroom it's almost like, you know, not almost it, God showed up in a, in a special way and, and my brother was sitting there and I'm trying to witness to him and talk to him about the Lord and why he needs to get his life right and straightened up and I said, Chet, you know, God, God loves you, Chet and with tears in his eyes my brother looked at me and said, well, why would God love me? which shocked me to my core, because we all grew up in Sunday school. It just shook me. I, like, I, I thought you knew that. But you see, people have trouble, why would God love me? Because there's nothing, because we, if we have a defeated attitude, if we live to a place where we've been beaten down and, 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 and to, make, to, to have no value, we'll live there, and we'll have trouble understanding why would somebody actually love me? And my brother at that moment, well, why would he love me? I said, Chet, I, he just does. The Bible says he loves us and cares for us. And so when we get saved, we testify to God's love. It's perfected. It's made right. Again, when we talk about those verses perfected, again, it doesn't mean sinless, but it means complete. It means developed. Love brings tranquility. If you're in love with somebody and they don't love you, what's, what's, what happens to you? There's torment. We had a young girl in church. She fell in love with a guy, and, and it didn't work out. He broke up with her. And she was devastated, absolutely devastated, even thoughts of suicide. And, and she called me on the phone. She said, Pastor Matt, please make it stop hurting. Is there something that can make it stop hurting? There's nothing we can give except to know that God loves you and, and God knows about this and God cares for you. And in time, this will heal and, and you will move on from this. But you, please don't do anything foolish. You see, she wasn't, she loved, but she wasn't loved back, so there was torment. And, 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 and most everybody has experienced that in some form or another. Well, I love them. I thought they would love me back. Well, no. That's not how it works. But when they do love you back, there's peace and tranquility. There's a husband and wife can live together because they love each other and they can see each other without the makeup, without the fixing up and see each other as they really and truly are and yet still truly love each other because there's love. There's, it's been perfected. It's made right. 
We love him because he first loved us. Now, if a, if a guy hears that, a, you know, you go back to school mentality. You know, so-and-so, yeah. What do you think about her? Well, she's pretty. She kind of likes you. She does. Well, and next thing, that gives a guy confidence. He can walk up to her and, and, and maybe make his move. Other than that, he might not because he thinks it's out of his league. And most girls are out of guys' leagues anyway. But you always love that guy who goes up and swings the bat anyway. Because you never hit anything if you don't swing the bat. Amen? So you just got to get up to the plate and swing the bat if the moment's right. You may strike out, but at least you're doing better than the guy sitting in the dugout. I told you about Brian, right? I told you about Brian asking the pretty girl out. I've told you, I told you that story a hundred times. In grammar school, Brian ran up to the prettiest girl in grammar school. Will you go out with me? Down on one knee. And she went, no. And she walked away. We're all like, ah, loser. <laughs> but honest with you, he was better than all of us because none of us had the courage to do that. But at least he did. He took a shot. We made fun of him, but we, we admired him. God loves us, God cares for us, and, and God's love prompts us to love him back. God loves me? Yes, then, then I can love him back? Yes, God wants you to love him back. God is seeking for you to love him. Every human being has two basic fears in their life. The fear that they will not be loved and the fear that they uh, will not love. Those are two fears. Uh, you're not going to be loved, then you won't give love. Those fears permeate a, a person's life until somebody loves them and they can love them back. And in that relationship, there's peace. Well, God loves me. God loves me? Why does God love me? He just loves you. Oh. And he wants you to love him back. Really? Well, how do I do that? And then we grow in our faith and walk with the Lord. Again, he says in verse number 12, and we're closing out in a minute here, no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is is perfected. Then in verse number 20, he says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath, hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Now again, that's the, the, they're pretenders in love. Those who say they love but don't. I love God. I love God. Well, if you love God, you're going to love people. Because I've never seen God. I've never heard the voice of God. I've never been put in the cleft of the rock and, and been covered there with God's hand. I've never had that experience. I've had some experiences, but it's not, I've never seen God. But I love God with all my heart. I love Jesus. I, I, I want to see him one day. I can't wait to see Jesus Christ face to face. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? Face to face, when I behold him, I'm afraid, what, what's that going to be like? I've often thought, what's it going to be like to see God for the first time? When I close my eyes and wake up in glory, what's it going to be like to see God? What a moment that's going to be. Every young person, I wonder what my husband's going to look like. I wonder what my wife will look like. I wonder what my children will look like. Every lady who's expecting, I wonder what my baby is going to look like. Now it looks like some black and white blurb on a, on a, on a, on a picture. You take a picture, and this is my baby. Looks like every other baby on planet Earth, but there it is, okay? And, oh, that's so precious. It is precious, but it, it don't, it's, it, it, we don't know what it looks like. I'm sorry. Don't be offended, Sarah. And it, it just is what it is. It's my grandson. I love him, but it's just awesome. Wait for the real thing to come out, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll know what the kid's going to look like. He's going to come out with red hair and a beard. And uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> and so there he is. Explains all the heartburn, Sarah. <laughs> now, understanding that I haven't seen my grandbaby, but I love my grandbaby coming. I, I, but I have never seen God. Never seen him. But I do love people because his spirit dwells within me. Again, those who claim to love God but do not love other believers are liars. Because how can you love God and not love others who God's spirit is indwelling them. I told you this before. I was working in a house one time. This lady was just mean. She was berating her husband, berating her children, and even berating the dog. I, I draw the line of the dog, amen? You're gonna, you get mean to a dog, then you start getting on my fighting side. And, and she's just, and I'm like, I don't like this woman. This woman's just, what a nasty woman. Just a horrible human being. And, 
And I'm like, Lord, I don't like this woman. Jesus is like, oh, I love her, Matt. I'm like, don't. <laughs> so I try, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we try to be nice to this. Jesus loves us. We don't think we tolerate our craziness, but we, we have to care for people. So no matter who they are, do we love them? If we love our fellow men, this proves that we love God. Again, loving one another proves seven things, and I'll just read off very quickly. Loving one another proves that we are born of God and know God. Loving one another proves that we see God's love in verses 9 through 11. Loving one another proves that God's spirit is within us in verses 12 through 13. Loving one another proves that our testimony and confessions are true in verses 14 through 16. Loving one another proves that God is going to deliver us from judgment in verse number 17. We didn't really touch on that one. but And loving one another proves that God delivers us from fear in verse number 18. I've been to hospital where people are dying and they're afraid to die, afraid of what's, going to, what's beyond. I'm not afraid to die. I know God will give me grace when it comes to that moment in time. I'm not looking forward to the dying, but when it comes, God will give me grace. I'm not going to be afraid because I'm going to see somebody who loves me. <laughs> I'm going to see God who loves me. I'm not afraid of that. I'm excited about it. Number seven, loving one another proves that we love God in verses 19 through 21. You want to tell me you're a Christian? Let me see your actions. Put it into display. Let me see it, how it's demonstrated. And so again, the commandment for us in all this is love. Christianity is all about love because God is love. And we show that love and demonstrate it to each other. Let's stand together for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your many mercies, your blessings, and your goodness towards us. I pray, dear Father, you'll bless now and help us to love you because you first loved us and then let us love one another. We pray, dear Lord, that you'll just bless this time, this invitation.